Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Prejudites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me what is his name, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Prezites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of Hebrews, has met with us. And now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go, and I will give the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall go, not go empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry, and for clothing you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. You shall plunder the Egyptian. Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is it in your hand? He said, A staff. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Put your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. 
Again the Lord said to him, Put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand in his, inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. Then God said, Put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was stored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, may they believe the latter sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent neither in past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hand the staff, which you shall do the signs. Now we'll turn all the way to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Dear congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning we are going to investigate a member of the Hall of Faith. Moses and the events that took place that led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. How God equipped a man, a man that was 80 years old, filled with fear, who believed that he was unable to take up his calling. And as we observe the miracle of Moses' faith, we'll do, do so in three points this morning. Point number one, afraid and weak. Point number two, fearless before Pharaoh. And point number three, fearless because of the blood. If we recall Moses at the burning bush, can we say that this is a man who is unafraid? Is that what we would use to describe Moses. We know that Moses fled in fear of Pharaoh after killing an Egyptian. Moses hid his face from the Lord because he was afraid. He was afraid of the snake. And we're going to make our case 
starting in Exodus chapter 3, verses 10. See, God tells Moses that he's going to send him to Pharaoh. But Moses gives his first excuse. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt? And this is a valid response. Really, who are any of us to be a tool used by God? Who are we to witness, to lead Bible study, to teach and catechize our children? But what was God's response? I will be with you. Moses then tries a different excuse. What if they ask me what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God responds and informs Moses of his name and then outlines the battle that will take place against Pharaoh. Now up until this point, Moses is given what we say is valid response. Who am I? Pointing out that he is inadequate to serve the Lord. What is your name? Maybe even still hiding his face from the Lord. But Moses asks this next question, shedding the light on his level of attention. He says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, They will not believe me or listen to my voice. And you think, what? The Lord already answered this question, Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 18, he says, They will listen to your voice. See, but the Lord is gracious and merciful. He entertains the objection of Moses and gives Moses three miracles to perform. And then Moses comes up with his most clever excuse. I am not eloquent, neither in past nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. See, Moses would be unable to lead a nation if he can't articulate anything, if he can't explain to the nation of Israel what they're supposed to do. And the Lord already answered this objection of Moses. But I will be with you. And he further elaborates his intentions. I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And we can imagine how this would be for Moses. Imagine back in school or nervous for an interview or maybe even nervous for a tough conversation that you might have to have. And you hear... I will be with you. I will be with your mouth. And I will teach you what to speak. Imagine the confidence that would instill in Moses hearing that. See, every objection raised by the Lord or by Moses, the Lord had a solution for. As if the Lord is really asking Moses, you cannot or you will not. We see, we see the true colors of Moses as he pleads, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. And the Lord's anger is kindled and Aaron is tasked to accompany Moses. So how does a man who repeatedly made excuses become a man who is called unafraid in the hall of faith? See, we can see much of our own hearts in the reaction to the call of Moses. I do not know your name. 
How are they going to believe? I am not eloquent in speech. And our last result, Lord, anyone but me. See, we are like Moses, gazing internally. But I am not this. But I am not that. We are afraid we submit to our flesh. Let the fear rule over us. It cripples us. It does not let us go by faith. See, but Moses did not pull himself up by his flip-flops. He did not get his strength from a can of spinach. He did not stop at a conference on his way to Pharaoh on extreme leadership. It wasn't a 12-step this or a five minutes a day that. See, Moses was focused on him who was invisible. Moses understood that there was something greater than him at work. Not looking to himself, but to the one who was fulfilling the battle plan. So you remember, Moses was told everything that was going to take place. And before his eyes, he witnessed the strength of his God. A strength greater than all the gods of Egypt. The accuracy of God's promise as it all unfolded before Moses' eyes. We too also know the outcome. Because of the work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we know that Christ has defeated sin. He's taken our place, enduring the wrath of God, imputing his righteousness to us. See, Christ defeated death by raising from the dead and now sits at the right hand of the Father. And Christ revealed to us the final battle, our final victory when he comes riding on a white horse with all the armies of heaven. We know who wins this war. Just as it was revealed to Moses, who would win that war? We do not have to be fear. We do not have to fear because we look to what is invisible and what not is visible. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Walking by what we do not understand instead of only by why, what we can comprehend. We do not let fear cripple us, but look to the one who has and offers to give so that we may accomplish the task by faith and without fear. And as we've witnessed the start of the transformation of Moses, as he looks upward and outward to what is invisible, we observe the Holy Spirit work in the heart of Moses as he becomes fearless before Pharaoh. Moses, now in Egypt, his transformation still not complete, tries to rally the people of Israel. But because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery, they do not listen to Moses. The Lord tells Moses to go before Pharaoh, and Moses finds another excuse and replies, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. It's starting to sound like the same old Moses. Just another excuse. And it makes you wonder, is Moses fear not only in himself? Maybe it's of Pharaoh. 
Moses, growing up in the house of Pharaoh, would have understood firsthand the power that he has. But the Lord explains to Moses and to Aaron all that will unfold. So Moses and Aaron go before Pharaoh. Moses, who is 80 years old, Aaron, who is 83. And the miracles start. Aaron's staff turns into a snake that swallows the magician's snake. The Nile is turned into blood. Pharaoh's heart is still hardened, and he did not listen. The Lord sent frogs, but Pharaoh's heart is still hard. The Lord sent flies. This is the first miracle that the magicians couldn't reproduce, but Pharaoh's heart is still hard. The Lord sent a plague to the livestock, but Israel's livestock was unharmed. But Pharaoh's heart is still hard. The Lord sent boils, but the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. The Lord sent hail, and Pharaoh acknowledges that he has sinned. He says, the Lord is right and I am wrong. But Pharaoh sinned again, and his heart was hardened. The Lord sent locusts, and Pharaoh receives counsel from his servants. How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let them go that they may serve the Lord their God. Pharaoh confesses his sin again, but the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart. And Pharaoh does not let the Israelites go. The Lord sent darkness over the land for three days. And so that they knew this was the finger of the Lord, Israel had light. Pharaoh's heart is hardened and does not let the Israelites go. Pharaoh warns Moses, get away from me. Take care never to see my face again, for on this day you see my face, you shall die. See, Moses went before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Nine plagues have been found at the hand of the Lord. Each time, without fear, Moses went before Pharaoh and delivered the message from the Lord. Moses, the man who made excuses, the people will not believe me, I am not eloquent of speech, went before the king and proclaimed, thus says the Lord. Pharaoh, with all his power, could have Moses killed after the first plague. What could have stopped him? Nothing but the hand of the Lord. You see the Lord's display of sovereignty every time he hardens the heart of Pharaoh. And Jesus Christ displayed the same kind of fearlessness. He feared no king of earth. But his fear was rightly placed. A fear that made him sweat drops of blood. The fear of the coming wrath of the Father. For the sins of his bride. Sins he placed on his shoulders so that we have no fear of anything. See, it's because of Jesus Christ that we have no fear. No fear of Pharaoh. No fear of the coming wrath. But again, we are weak. We are afraid. We submit to the flesh. 
Letting the fear rule over us. Not letting us walk by faith. But remember, just as Moses did, look to who is invisible. Not visible. Walk by faith, trusting in Christ Jesus. Because in Jesus Christ we have nothing to fear. And having witnessed the transformation of Moses from fearful and weak to a man who boldly proclaimed, Thus says the Lord, and how because of Christ and his atoning work on the cross, we have nothing to fear, we turn to our final plague and the blood that gave the comfort to the Israelites. Our final point, fearless because of the blood. We read in our text in Hebrews 28, 11, 28, it says, By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch him, touch them. Moses gives to Pharaoh the final plague. Pharaoh, who just threatened the life of Moses, for the day you see my face you shall die. Moses, without fear, says, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out to the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been, nor will ever be again. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, neither man or beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that I will go out. And Moses went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Now Moses prepares for the Passover. A male lamb, one year old, without blemish. This lamb shall be killed and played, and the blood of the lamb placed on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat. Why? We read in Exodus twelve, twelve through 13. Because I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And all the gods of Egypt will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Can you imagine what it might have been the question or what it might have been some of the questions for the Israelites? Why such a specific animal? Why the door of her home? And throughout the process, if you put your um, your mind to what the Israelites might have been thinking, you think for yourself, is this enough blood? Is the blood dark enough? Am I sure the destroyer is going to see that? Maybe I should have a sign to home of the Israelite. And better yet, I can paint that sign with the blood of the Lamb. Then we can stop and think. Do we do this with the blood 
of the actual Passover lamb? With the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Is the blood of Christ dark enough? Can the Father see it? Is it in the right spots? Maybe we can add some of our own blood, sweat and tears. Or we just disbelieve. We just have to apply it by faith. It cannot be that easy, right? There must be something else that we have to do. No, it is that easy. The blood of the once and for all Passover lamb is all that we need. And just like Moses, we apply it by faith, not doubting what has been said, but trusting in faith. And as we struggle through the Christian pilgrimage of sanctification, let us endure seeing who, him who is invisible. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And just like the Israelite applied the Passover by faith, let's also walk with the blood of the actual Passover lamb by faith. But what about Moses? Maybe you're thinking to yourself, where was that turning point where Moses could be called unafraid in the hall of faith? Well, consider this. While trying to deliver a Hebrew... Moses fled Egypt in fear of Pharaoh after killing one John Doe Egyptian. See, this is pre-burning bush Moses, Exodus chapter 2, 11 through 12. Exodus 10, verse 28, Pharaoh delivers this warning to Moses after the Lord delivered his ninth plague. Get away from me. Take care never to see my face again, for on the day you see my face, you shall die. Exodus 12, verse 10. After the tenth and final plague, Moses is summoned before Pharaoh. Moses, again, who is recorded in Scripture for fleeing in fear after killing one nameless Egyptian, now finds himself before Pharaoh, not only under the threat of death for seeing his face, but also before a king and a nation who just lost their firstborn, without any fear or mention of being afraid. See, this is the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can take a man afraid and insecure in himself and in front of certain death show no signs of fear. And by faith apply the blood of the true Passover lamb. Encourage that he will shelter us from the kings of this earth and the angel of death. Amen.